episode four of the Tipitaka recitals on the Edward Reeves Buddhist Books podcast. If this is the first time you're seeing me, click here instead. That'll take you to the Tipitaka playlist, and you can start with episode one. Special guest today, uh, the Buddha meditating under the Bodhi tree with the uh, Mahabodhi temple behind him in Bodh Gaya. This is the temple that is meant to mark the spot where he meditated, as you can see. Uh, nice effect there, Edward. Um, let's jump right in, shall we? <clears throat> you remember we left off? There was the Sudina, the Kalandaka, who got very dramatic until his parents finally decided, you know what, let's just give him permission to go with the Buddha and he'll probably come running back after a couple of weeks when he gets tired of it, right? Remember? And then he uh, went to a certain village called Vajjana. Interesting name for a village. I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying that's an interesting name for a village. Picking up right where we left off. <clears throat> At that time, the Vajjana were short of alms food, which was difficult to obtain. They were suffering from a famine, and food tickets were issued. Nor was it easy to keep oneself going by gleaning or by favor. Now the venerable Sudina thought to himself, quote, At present the Vajjana are short of alms food, which is difficult to obtain. They are suffering from a famine and food tickets are being issued. It is not easy to keep oneself going by gleaning or by favor. But in Vesali, my relations are rich, with great resources and possessions, having immense supplies of gold and silver, immense means and immense resources in corn. What now, if I should dwell supported by my family, relations will give gifts for my support. They will do meritorious actions, and the monks will profit, and I will not go short of alms food. End quote. Then the venerable Sudina, packing up his bedding and taking his bowl and robe, set out for Vesali, where he arrived in due course. The venerable Sudina stayed there at Vasali in the gabled hall in the great wood. The relations of the venerable Sudina said to themselves, quote, They say that Sudina, the Kalandaka, has arrived at Vasali, end quote. And they brought him as a gift of food 60 offerings of barley. That's a lot of barley. Then the venerable Sudina having given these sixty offerings of barley to the monks, rising early and taking his bowl and robe, entered the village of Kalundaka for alms. As he was going about Kalundaka village on a continuous alms tour, he came up to his own father's house. At that time, the female slave of the venerable Sudina's relations wanted to throw away the previous evening's barley gruel. See, back then, 
I'll just keep reading. But then venerable, venerable Sudina spoke thus to this female slave. Quote, if that sister is to be thrown away, put it here in my bowl. End quote. Then as the slave girl of the venerable Sudina's relations was heaping the previous evening's barley gruel into his bowl, she recognized his hands and feet and voice. Then the female slave of the venerable Sudina's relations went up to his mother, and having come up, she said to her, quote, if it please you, maiden, you should know that your young master Sudina is back. Quote, now then, if you speak the truth, I will make you a freed woman. End quote. At that time, the venerable Sudina was eating the previous evening's barley gruel in the room provided for the purpose. Then the venerable Sudina's father, coming from work, saw the venerable Sudina eating the previous evening's barley gruel in the room provided for the purpose. And seeing the venerable Sudina, he came up to him, and having come up to him, he said to him, quote, Can it be, dear Sudana Sudina, that you are eating last evening's barley gruel? Surely, dear Sudana, you should go into your own home. End quote. Quote, we went, householder, to your house, hence last evening's barley gruel. Quote. End quote. Then the father of the venerable Sudina, taking him by the arm, said to him, quote, Come, dear Sudina, we will go to the house. End quote. Then the venerable Sudina came up to the dwelling of his own father, and having come up, he sat down on the appointed seat. And the father of the venerable Sudina said to him, quote, Eat, dear Sudina. Quote, Not so, householder. Today's meal is over for me. End quote. Consent, dear Sudina, to eat tomorrow, the father says. The venerable Sudina consented by keeping silent. Then the venerable Sudina, rising from his seat, departed. Then the mother of the venerable Sudina, having had the ground smeared with fresh cow dung, had two heaps made, one of gold coins and the other of gold. The heaps were so large that from this side a man standing could not see the man at the other side. And from the other side, a man standing could not see a man standing at this side. Hiding these heaps with screens and preparing a seat between them, surrounded by a curtain, she addressed the venerable Sudina's former wife, saying, quote, Daughter-in-law, oh right, okay, adorn yourself with these ornaments, adorned with which you were dear to my son, Sudina, and beloved by him, end quote. So he was, uh, so Sudina was young enough that he had to ask his parents' permission, but old enough to be married. Okay, I don't think I want to know 
what his actual age was. Quote, very good, noble lady, end quote. The former wife of the venerable Sudina answered his mother. <clears throat> then the venerable Sudina, rising early and taking his bowl and robe, came up to the dwelling of his own father. And having come up, he sat down on the appointed seat. Then again, I mean, even today, people get their parents' permission. Even legally, you have to have, if you have a living father or, you know, that kind of thing, you have to have their permission for, uh, I think, I think we had to have written permission from her dad to get married, actually, now that I think about it. <laughs> anyway, okay. <clears throat> then the father of the venerable Sudina came up to him, and having come up to him, revealed the heaps. He spoke thus to the venerable Sudina, quote, this, dear Sudina, is your mother's fortune, the wife's dowry, because she is a woman. This is your father's, and the other is your paternal grandfather's. It is possible, dear Sudina, while leading the low life of a layman, both to enjoy riches and to do meritorious actions. Come, dear Sudina, while leading the low life of a layman, enjoy riches and do meritorious actions, end quote. I don't think the Buddha asked his dad's permission. Never mind. I'll, I'll let it go. Quote, I am not able to do so, Father. I cannot. Delighted, I lead the Brahma life. End quote. A second and a third time, the father of the venerable Sudina spoke thus to him. Quote, this, dear Sudina, is your mother's portion, the wife's dowry, because she is a woman. That is your father's, and the other is your paternal grandfather's. It is possible, dear Sudina, while leading the low life of a layman, both to enjoy riches and to do meritorious actions. Come, dear Sudina, enjoy riches while leading the low life of a layman and do meritorious actions. End quote. Quote, if you would not take it in bad part, householder, we could tell you what to do. End quote. Who's talking? Uh, quote, speak, dear Sudina. He said, okay, he's calling his dad householder. Okay. Um, I used to know the Sanskrit word for that, but I've forgotten it. Uh, all right. Quote, well then you, householder, having had very large bags of hemp cloth made, having had them filled with the coins and the gold, and having had them brought down on wagons, sink them to the middle stream of the Ganges, or Ganga. And why? Because, householder, on account of them, you will become either frightened or terrified, or your hair will stand on end or there will be no protection for you, end quote. When he had thus spoken, the father of the venerable Sudina was not pleased and said, quote, why does the son Sudina speak thus, end quote. Then the venerable Sudina's father addressed the venerable Sudina's former wife, quote, well now, daughter-in-law, as you were dear and beloved, so perhaps now the son of Sudina will do your bidding. End quote. 
than the former wife of the venerable Sudina, taking hold of his feet, spoke thus to the venerable Sudina. Quote, what are these deva nymphs like, son of my lord? Um, and deva is in parentheses. What are these nymphs like, son of my lord, for whose sake you lead the Brahma life? Question mark. End quote. Uh, quote, I do not lead the Brahma life, sister, for the sake of deva nymphs. All right. End quote. Then the former wife of the venerable Subina said, quote, From this day on, my lord's son greets me by saying, Sister. And she fell down at that very spot in a swoon. Then the venerable Sudina spoke thus to his father, quote, If, householder, there is food to be given, give it, but do not annoy me. Eat, dear Sudina, he said. Then the mother and the father of the venerable Sudina waited on him and satisfied him with abundant food, both hard and soft. Then, when the venerable Sudina had eaten and had finished his meal, his mother said to him, quote, This family, dear Sudina, is rich of great resources and possessions having immense supplies of gold and silver, immense means and immense resources in corn. Is it possible, dear Sudina, while leading the low life of a layman, both to enjoy riches and to do meritorious actions? Come, dear Sudina, enjoy riches while leading the low life of a layman and do meritorious actions." End quote. I have a feeling that this is one of the cankers that uh, Lord Buddha was talking to Ananda about that is arising, but uh, let's just keep reading and see where this goes. <laughs> Did they free the female slave? She said she would if, uh, if, if it turned out it really was Sunina. So I'm going to assume they did. So that has a happy ending, I guess. Anyway. All right. Quote, Mother, I am not able to do so. I cannot. Delighted. I lead the good life, end quote. A second time and a third time, the mother of the venerable Sananda spoke to him thus, quote, This family, dear Sudina, is rich of great resources and possessions, having immense supplies of gold and silver, immense means and immense resources in corn. For this reason, dear Sudina, beget offspring. Do not let the lichavis take over our property. Quote, it is possible for me to do this, mother, he said. Quote, where, dear Sudina, are you staying at present, she said. Quote, in the great wood, mother, he said. Then the venerable Sudina, rising up from his seat, departed. So he's going to go ahead and beget offspring, even though he's a monk. I think I see where this is going. Let's keep reading, shall we? Then the mother of the venerable Sudina addressed his former wife, saying, quote, daughter-in-law, as soon as you menstruate, thus uh, the flow coming, you should tell me, end quote. 
quote, very well, noble lady, end quote. Can't help but see like this sort of a gone with the wind sort of Indian version. Never mind. The former wife of the venerable Sudina answered his mother. the, The very well. That was the answer. Not long afterwards, the former wife of the venerable Sudina menstruated, and the flow began. And the former wife of the venerable Sudina said to his mother, quote, Noble lady, I am menstruating, and the flow has begun. End quote. <clears throat> quote, Daughter-in-law, adorn yourself with those ornaments, adorned with which you were dear to my son. Sudina, and beloved by him, end quote, she said, quote, very well, noble lady, end quote. <clears throat> the former wife of the venerable Sudina answered his mother. Then the mother of the venerable Sudina, together with his former wife, went up to the venerable Sudina in the great wood. And having come up, she spoke thus to him, quote, this family, dear Sudina, is rich, of great resources and possessions, having immense supplies of, supplies of is in parentheses, gold and silver, immense means, and immense resources in corn. For this reason, dear Sudina, beget offspring. Do not let Lichavis take over our airless property. End quote. Quote, it is possible for me to do this, mother, End quote. He said, and taking his former wife by the arm and plunging into the great wood, oh, and seeing no danger, since the course of training had not been made known. Ah, oh, this rule wasn't there yet. Okay. Three times he induced his former wife to indulge in sexual intercourse with him. And as a result, she conceived. The earth devas made this sound heard. Quote, Good sirs, the company of monks is without immorality. It is beset by danger, but immorality is evoked. Danger is evoked by Sudina the Kalandaka. End quote. The retinue of the four firmament devas, having heard the sound of the earth devas, made this sound heard. The thirty devas, the yama devas, the happy devas, the devas who delight in creation, the devas who delight in the creation of others, the devas belonging to the retinue of Brahma made this sound heard. Quote, Good sirs, the company of monks is without immorality. It is not beset by danger, but immorality is invoked, is evoked, excuse me. Danger is evoked by Sudina, the Kalandaka. End quote. Thus, in this very moment, this very second the sound went forth as far as the Brahma world. Then the womb of the venerable Sudina's former wife came to maturity, and she gave birth to a son. Now, 
the friends of the venerable Sudina called this boy Bijaka. They called the former wife of the venerable Sudina Bijaka's mother. They called the venerable Sudina Bijaka's father. At some time, both having gone forth from home into homeless, homelessness, they realized arhatship, arhanship. Both? Who, who both? Maybe it'll explain. Then the venerable Sudina was remorseful and conscience-stricken and said, quote, It surely is not a gain to me. It surely is not a gain to me. I have surely ill-gained. I have surely not well-gained. That, having gone forth under this Dhamma and discipline, which are well-preached, I was not able for all my life to lead the Brahma life, complete and purified. End quote. And because of his remorse and bad conscience, he became haggard, wretched, of a bad color, yellowish, the veins showing all over his body, melancholy, of sluggish mind, miserable, depressed, repentant, weighed down with grief. Then the monks who were the friends of the venerable Sudina said to him, quote, Formerly you, Reverend Sudina, were handsome. Your features were round. Your face was a good color. Your, your skin clear. But now at present you are haggard, wretched, a bad color, yellowish. Your veins showing all over your body. Melancholy, of sluggish mind, miserable, depressed, repentant, weighed down with grief. Can it be that you, Reverend Sudina, Leave the Brahma life dissatisfied? End quote. Quote, I do not, your reverences, lead the Brahma life dissatisfied. I have done an evil deed. I have indulged in sexual intercourse with my former wife. That is why, your reverences, I am remorseful to lead the Brahma life complete and purified. End quote. Quote, Reverend Sudina, you ought to feel remorse. Reverend Su oh, uh, yes, Reverend Sudina, you ought to have a bad conscience, because you, having gone forth under Dhamma and the discipline which are well preached, cannot during your lifetime lead the Brahma life complete and purified. Is not your reverence Dhamma taught by the Lord in various ways for the sake of passionlessness, not for the sake of passion. Is not Dhamma taught for the sake of being without fetters, not for the sake of being bound? Is not Dhamma taught for the sake of being without grasping, not for the sake of grasping? How can you, your reverence, while this Dhamma is taught by the Lord for the sake of passionlessness, strive after passion. How can you, while this Dhamma is taught by the Lord for the sake of being without fetters, strive after being bound? 
How can you, while this Dhamma is taught by the Lord for the sake of being without grasping, strive after grasping? Is not, your reverence, Dhamma taught in many ways by the Lord for the waning of passion? Is not Dhamma taught for the subduing of conceit, for the restraint of desire, for the abolition of clinging, for the annihilation of round of becomings, for the destruction of craving, for passionlessness, for stopping, for waning? Has not Your reverence, the destruction of the pleasures of the senses been declared in many ways by the Lord. Full understanding of ideas of the pleasures of the senses has been declared. Restraint in clinging to the pleasures of the senses has been declared. The elimination of thoughts of pleasures of the senses has been declared. The allaying of the fever of the pleasures of the senses has been declared, question mark. Okay, read that wrong. Anyway, you get the idea. It's, is, it is not, your reverence, for the benefit of non-believers, nor for the increase in the number of believers, but it is, your reverence, to the detriment of both non-believers and believers. It causes wavering in some. Then these monks, having rebuked the venerable Sudina in various ways, told this matter to the Lord. And the Lord, for this reason, in this connection, having had the company of monks revened, questioned the venerable Sudina, saying, quote, Is it true, as is said, Sudina? that you indulged in sexual intercourse with your former wife, end quote. It is true, Lord, he said. The enlightened one, the Lord, rebuked him, saying, quote, It is not fit, foolish man. It is not becoming. It is not proper. It is unworthy of a recluse. It is not lawful. It ought not to be done. How is that you, foolish man, having gone forth under this Dhamma and discipline, which are well taught, are not able for your lifetime to lead the Brahma life, which is complete and wholly purified? How can you strive, foolish man, while Dhamma is taught by me in various ways, for the sake of passionlessness. Foolish man, by me for the sake of passionlessness. Foolish man, is not Dhamma taught by me in various ways for the waning of passion, the destruction of pleasures of the senses, the allaying of the fever of the pleasures of the senses been declared? It were better for you, foolish man, that your male organ should enter the mouth of a terrible and poisonous snake. Then it should enter a woman. It were better for you, foolish man, that your male organ should enter the mouth of a black snake than that it should enter a woman. 
It were better for you, foolish man, that your male organ should enter a charcoal pit, burning, a blaze, a fire, than that it should enter a woman. What is the cause for this? For that reason, foolish man, you would go to death, or to suffering like unto death. But not on that account would you pass at the breaking up of the body after death to the waste, the bad born, the abyss, hell. But for this reason, foolish man, at the breaking up of the body after death, you would pass to the waste, the bad born, the abyss, hell. Thus, for this very deed, foolish man, you will enter upon what is not verily Dhamma, upon village Dhamma, upon low Dhamma, upon wickedness, upon final ablution, ooh, there's a word, okay, upon secrecy, upon having obtained in couples. Foolish man, you are the first doer of many wrong things. It is not foolish man for the benefit of unbelievers, nor for the increase in the number of believers. But, foolish man, it is to the detriment of both unbelievers and believers, and it causes wavering in some. End quote. Then the Lord, having rebuked the venerable Sudina in various ways, and having spoken in dispraise of his difficulty in supporting and maintaining himself, of his arrogance, of his lack of contentment, of his clinging, parentheses, to the obstructions, and parentheses, and of his indolence, and having spoken in various ways of the ease of supporting and maintaining oneself, of desiring little, of contentment, of expunging, Parentheses evil and parentheses of punctiliousness of what is gracious of decreasing parentheses the obstructions and parentheses and of the putting forth of energy and having given suitable and befitting talk on Dhamma to the monks he addressed the monks saying quote on account of this monks I will make known the course of training for monks, founded on ten reasons, for the excellence of the order, for the comfort of the order, for the restraint of evil-minded men, for the ease of well-behaved monks, for the restraint of the cankers belonging to the here and now, for the combating of the cankers belonging to other worlds, for the benefit of non-believers, for the increase in the number of believers, for establishing Dhamma indeed, for following the rules of restraint. Thus, monks, this course of training should be set forth. Whatever monk should indulge in sexual intercourse is one who is defeated. He is no longer in communion. End quote. And thus 
the course of training for the monks was set forth by the Lord. Well, I didn't see that coming. Oh, if you'll pardon the pun. Parajika. Defeat. All right. So, today's reading was a little different. There was a female slave. There was menstruation. And then there was the strict, uh, the, the, the establishing of the strict rule of uh, celibacy for the monks. Well, there it is. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Um, yeah, if you're going to be a monk, be a monk. If you're not going to be a monk, then don't be a monk, right? I'm not a monk, just in case you were confused. I just play one on TV. All right. Thank you for going on this ride with me with all its twists and turns. Pretty soon, I'll be doing the uh, episode three of the Patanjali, or rather, excuse me, the Padmasambhava um, story in the relatively near future. It might be in the next couple days or after a couple weeks, one of those. Um, when I was in Bodh Gaya, if you missed it, I did a reading of uh, Dogen, the... Zen master speaking about the Heart Sutra uh, while Mahabodhi Temple was right behind me and then we did a little tour of Mahabodhi. So if you haven't seen that, go ahead and click right there. And uh, we'll pick up next time right where we left off this time. I mean, it, it kind of, it, it shows you know, I mean, the Buddha was being very strict and very stern. It was kind of, kind of like shook me a bit. I mean, can you imagine like, it's like reading the Revelation, Book of Revelation, and actually believing that's Jesus talking. You know, I mean, when he's talking to the Pharisees, it's it's one thing, but you know, he's being very strict um, with the foolish Sudina. But it kind of shows how Sudina's. Well, I mean, it was like he, his, his motivation to be a monk was sort of childish <laughs> and re rebellious anyway. And he was being rude to his parents. And he was, I don't know. There was something about his character. He's like, don't, don't annoy me. No, I'm going to be a monk. No, I'm going to be homeless. Man. Well, I suppose I could have sex just three times. You know, like, so, yeah, it, it's, it's sort of clarifying, like, don't be like Sudina. Don't, that's not what a monk should be like. Not just because he had sexual intercourse, but um, just kind of how he was and uh, where he was coming from, where he was at. Um, and how, yeah, his joy at becoming a monk, you know, I mean, when he started to really be hungry, he found his way back home like they predicted he would. Uh, but then when they said, well, you need to have an heir, so we have somewhere for all this gold to go. Otherwise, it'll go to, I think that was the capital of their area. It'll just go back to the state if, uh, if there's no heir. And he was like, well, okay, I'll make an heir. You know, like he's just going to have a baby, and then the baby would just be there, and then 
that family would go on and he'd go be a monk, but it divided his heart, it divided his loyalty. He couldn't be 100% focused on his meditation and, uh, and on the path and on the Dhamma. So it's not just a, uh, you'd better not have sex, you know. It's, uh, you know, I mean, the way it's illustrated here, of course, we could talk for hours about whether it's a good idea to have an oath of chastity and, and celibacy in the context of other things. Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, I won't drone on too much. This episode's already going to be a little bit over 30, I think. I'm not re- actually sure. So, okay. Uh, comment below if you're on YouTube. And if you're on the podcast, hello. I know you you can only hear me. You can't see me. And uh, all right. Thanks again. And I'll go ahead and close in the usual manner. <clears throat> to the north and to the south. To the east and to the west. To the spirits of light among us and to the spirits below. We send out our reverent love and compassion. May all beings be happy. May all beings be serene. May all beings be in peace. Until next time.